0: Chapter Thirty of the Story of the Thirteen Colonies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maggie Travers. The Story of the Thirteen Colonies by H. A. Gruber. The First American Thanksgiving. Early in the spring, the Pilgrims were startled one day by the voice of an Indian saying, "Welcome, Englishmen." Looking up, they saw a savage named Samoset, who had boldly walked into their village to greet them with words learned from English fishermen. The pilgrims received Samoset so kindly that he came back on the morrow with Squanto, who told the colonists that the Indian chief Massasoit wished to make friends with him. A meeting was appointed, and when Massasoit appeared a few days later, Standish received him the drums were beaten loudly and the pilgrim soldiers gravely escorted the indian chief to their principal log hut where governor carver was waiting for them here all the choice articles of the pilgrims had been gathered together to make a fine show and a rug and a green cushion were laid on the floor for massasoit to sit upon after smoking the calumet or pipe of peace together the indian chief and the plymouth governor with the help of their interpreters made a treaty whereby they promised not to harm but to help each other and to trade in a friendly spirit the indians now walked freely in and out of the village where they ate and drank so much that the pilgrim's scant stock of provisions grew rapidly less edward winslow one of the pilgrims therefore took occasion on returning massasoit's visit to tell him that the indians were to come to plymouth only when they bore messages from him To make sure that the right Indians would always be well-treated, Winslow gave Massasoit a ring, which was to serve as passport for his men. Were you to read Winslow's description of his visit to the Indian chief, you would be greatly amused. Massasoit had no provisions in his wigwam, so he and his guest went to bed hungry. Besides, Winslow and his men had to sleep side by side with the dirty chief and his squaw, and they were so crowded by other Indians that they were very uncomfortable indeed. In April the Mayflower went back to England, but although the Pilgrims had suffered so sorely during the winter, they all wrote brave letters to send home, and not one of them asked to go back. After the Mayflower had sailed away, Governor Carver fell ill and died, so William Bradford was elected to take his place. This Bradford made so good a ruler that he was elected again and again, and during the next thirty-six years he was head of the colony nearly all the time. Squanto soon became a great favorite with the pilgrims. He played with the children, taught the boys to trap game, and told the settlers to plant their corn as soon as the leaves of the white oak were as large as a mouse's ear. He also taught them to put a fat fish in each hill to serve as manure for the growing grain, because the ground around there was very sandy the colonists now worked diligently making their fields and gardens over the graves of their dead companions so that no hostile indian should ever find out how many had died or dig up their bones the crops all being planted the pilgrims went on building made friends with nine indian chiefs and traded briskly with the savages for furs but day by day the stock of provisions brought from england grew less and less until they finally saw with dismay that it would be entirely exhausted long before their corn was ripe so they were put on such scant rations that it is said that sometimes they had only six grains of corn for a meal as they were not good hunters or experienced fishermen they lived almost entirely on shellfish. elder brewster piously giving thanks to god for supplying them with the abundance of the seas and the treasures hid in the sand although the winter had been very damp the summer proved so dry that it soon seemed as if the pilgrim's crops would perish for want of rain a day of fasting and prayer was therefore appointed and for nine hours the pilgrims besought god to help them some indians hearing that they were going to pray for rain watched the sky anxiously and when it finally clouded over and a gentle rain began to fall they remarked in awestruck tones that the god of the white men had evidently heard their prayers ten days of moisture which followed the day of prayer assured a plentiful harvest which was safely gathered the pilgrims were so grateful for this mercy that they set a day in which to give thanks after a solemn service they held a great feast to which massasoit and ninety other indians were invited at this dinner they ate wild turkeys shot by the colonists venison supplied by the savages and pies which the pilgrim mothers made from yellow pumpkins as they had no apples during the next three days all the young people indulged in games and athletic sports in which the indians also shared After this Thanksgiving Day, as the pilgrims named it, a feast like it was kept every year in New England. This custom gradually spread from there over the whole country until now the day is observed in all the states of our Union. The president who appoints the day generally chooses the last Thursday in November. End of chapter thirty. Recording by Maggie Travers.